series explores how that day impacted the American Muslim community through the eyes of the show's host, whose entire adult life has been in a post 9-11 world. Tune into this sometimes comical, often heartbreaking examination of adversity and resilience that all Americans need to hear. Subscribe now to the King of the World podcast. Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. All right. Welcome back. We're here again. Why? You might ask. Well, there's been a lot. No, there hasn't. I'm going to start this shit over. Just kidding. Here we go. Hey, welcome back. It's me, Finister, with Houston Dynapod Podcast, everybody. And it's going to be the What If episode. So, after the LA Galaxy match, and after the Austin FC match, two matches where we've seen Darwin Quintero start, my adult ADHD brain started to run. And the main question that I repeatedly asked myself was, what if? What if? What if COVID wasn't happening? What if every time there was an international break, we didn't lose five players? What if Pasher stayed healthy? What if Quintero actually played, you know, in the four months prior to the last two weeks? What if? So in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the LA Galaxy game. We're going to talk a lot about the what-if scenario. And then we're going to talk a little bit about those fuckers from Frisco coming down here tomorrow night for an ass-whooping because our Dynamo are on fucking fire. Yes, we are on fire. I know, you're like four points in two matches, Finister. It's not really on fire. Yeah. Really? In our last, in our previous 16 matches, how many points did we get? Nine? Ten? We've done half of that total in two matches. By our standards, we are on fire. It's like NBA Jam. He's on fire. Fucking do what we are. We're doing... It's a good time. I mean, it's shitty if you look at our points. And the the, the, the realization that we are not going to make the playoffs. We are, we are not. Because there's uh, Austin, us, a large pile of shit, and then everybody else. Right? Now I do need we do need to finish above Austin. That's a hundred percent, and we will. It would be nice to not finish only above Austin because to me that is not growth from last year. Last year we were last in the West. Austin FC is an expansion team. This year we're second to last in the West. So by my calculations, we are still last in the West. I don't give a fuck about Austin's record. The only thing that would make it worse is if they actually had more points than us. So to me right now, we are last and we have not really seen growth. So the LA Galaxy match, I told you guys before I wasn't going to watch it. I lied. I stayed up late in my bed alone watching our club, our one and only club, 
take a point from those Hollywood fuckboys. And I was happy. Chicharito doesn't sweat, by the way. I watched him and I'm like, this fucking guy looks like he just walked out of the house to go for, you know, out to dinner. He doesn't sweat. It's a really good header by him. But you know what? We went up against a the best Mexican national player ever. That's that's debatable, but he's up there. A former Premier League player who was you know, he was all right. He was good. If if you make it in the Premier League at any level, even if you just make the bench, you're pretty pretty damn good. And we held him to a goal. And you know what was striking to me is when I looked at LA Galaxy's lineup, they have U.S. men's team guys coming off the bench. Um, Leggett, let Sebastian Leggett, Leggett, fuck knows how to say these names. And he's American. Just change it, leg it, boom, done. You make my job easier. They have men's team players coming off the bench. And, you know, we have Darwin Saren, who I like. I like him. But he's not a U.S. men's team player. He's an El Salvadorian. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So our lineup in this draw was Michael Nelson in net. In net. Fuck, there goes my old hockey days. Michael Nelson in goal. Lundy at the left. Parker and Teenage in the middle. Zarek on the right. Uh, some guy named Darwin Quintero. I don't know. He must be new. In the midfield, Matias Vera. And then we had uh, Joe Corona. Up top, you had Fafa, who is my Dynamo Player of the Year, Maxi, and Griffin Dorsey, who had a really good game too. So in the Discord, uh, I don't know, a couple days ago, somebody mentioned an app called FootMob, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to look it up. And this is the place I'm going for stats from here on out. I'm not going to Google anymore or MLS. I'm going to FootMob. They give you ratings. They give you in-depth stats. They give you XG. They give you XGA. That's expected goals and expected goals allowed. They give you all these really good tidbits of information. So in the match, possession was LA's Galaxy 64 to our 36. We beat them in XG. We had 1.3 expected goals. They had 1.1. We had eight shots to their 10. We created eight chances to their 10. Passes, they completed twice as many as us. 538 to 264. Pass success, their passing rate was higher at 88 to 76. We had more fouls. They had more corners. We had more offsides. They had more shots on target. And corners. Oh, yeah, I already covered corners. So we're getting less shots. We're getting less shots on goal. We have the ball less. We complete less passes. But our XG is higher. And based on our XG and their XG, this was a fair, it was a fair score. You know, the goal that they scored, it was a tough one. That was a tough header. There was nothing Nelson could have done. So we're, we're going to deal with it. Now, going through FootMob, dude, this, this app is the this app is legit. And I can't remember who it was. But it's, it's really good. So before we go further into the match, my last episode was called Broken Trumpets and Broken Hearts. And it touched for about seven to eight minutes on... An assault outside of BBVA. And you guys all know what's happened. Supposedly one of the supporter groups attacked 
one of Austin FC's band players, stole his trumpet. I don't know if they broke it. They definitely stole it. And uh, I published the episode. And mind you, I'm not on anybody's side. Actually, you know what? I am. I'm on the Austin guy's side. I'm on his side because don't fucking do that to people. Leave him alone. You know, it, if you're just going to run up and, and attack somebody like that, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You have problems. All right? Now, I got a message on Twitter from the man who was attacked. I did. And I'd read his story on Reddit. And on Twitter, we had a brief talk. He did um, say that I was spreading misinformation, which I, I told him. I said, that that's not the case. I do not support what happened to you. Our security is garbage. Actually, I said our security is as useful as Josh Wolf. Which, uh, if you listen to the Austin FC fans, they hate that fucking guy. And, uh, you know, he, he's upset with the secure, lack of security. If you watched what happened in Philadelphia the other night with Club America and the Union, I think it was the Union. It must have been. I mean, they were in Philly. Uh, those fucking Americanos were assholes and nobody did anything. Like, there, there was no security. But one of the things they said, you know, was... Consider how the misinformation you peddled contributes to a further muddying of the waters of what actually happened. That is not what I did. And I told him that. I said, you're off base. I said, I've called out a specific supporters group in the past in numerous episodes for their shit rotten behavior and have tried to get them on to discuss. Now, we don't know if, ready for it, El Batallon is responsible for what happened to this guy. But we're looking at them because, you know, the O.J. Simpson analogy. The one thing I'm not going to do on this podcast is lie. Not about shit like that. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever lied to you guys on this podcast. I've had stories questioned. They're all true. That's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's not like I'm running around telling you about the time we dropped acid in college. and did some crazy shit, but I, I, I'm not lying. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. This is all true. My, my life has been very interesting, and it's all my fault. But, you know, to the guy that got attacked, you don't deserve that. To the guy that did attack him, pick on someone your own fucking size. If he runs, leave him alone. Don't chase somebody that's going to run. You're going to go pick a fight with somebody and they run, let them go. You want to pick a fight when the dude fucking squares up to you, that's the guy you fight. Don't chase a guy that's running away, beat him up and steal his shit. That's, that's pussy. I know it's a terrible word and I know there's women that listen to this podcast, not a few, not a lot, but a few. And that, that's a pussy move. You know what? To use the term pussy is degrading to women. So that's a bitch move. What you did. Like, don't do that. Anyway, I'm not going to go on that anymore, but um, got a shout out from We Are Austin TV. I guess they listened to the last episode. Uh, I like going on and listening to those guys on their Twitter spaces. There's a, oh, man, I'm not saying I'm stealing their idea. I've done that before. I've done a spaces, I've done a couple of discords, but I love the amount of involvement they have. They have 2,100 followers on Twitter. They have 30 to 40 people in these Twitter spaces. You know, we have six, 
seven, right, that show up to our Discord chats. And it's just, it shows you, I guess, what can happen to a franchise and the fan base if your roster is neglected for a significant amount of time. Now, I do not feel bad at all for what was going on in Austin with them being last. Like I've said before, it, you're not going to win anything your first year. You're not us. You're not us. We did it. We have more MLS titles than everybody else in Texas combined. Yeah, I said that shit. That shit's true. We do. We have way more silverware. We Technically, if you judge a success based on trophies, we are the most successful club in Texas. And it appears like we are on the rebound. So, Galaxy game, like I said, I watched it. I was, God almighty, I was watching Quintero and I was like, where has this been all year? Tab's lineup had one defensive mid and two midfielders. The formation that I've been fucking calling for for a while. You're welcome, Tab. That was my idea. Quote me. Cite, cite me as a source. But I, I really, man, still, the thought of Karaskia up there with Quintero and the thought of Tyler and Baird instead of Maxi and Dorsey. Dude, it's not a bad team. It's not a bad team. Our what-if team. Let's get back to this. Galaxy match is over. We got a draw. We deserved it. We didn't expect it. We played lights out. We've looked so much better lately. But going through our average team rating, our average team rating, I went through and I sorted our most common lineup. Our most common lineup is this. Marco Marich in goal, Lundy at the left, Parker, Hadebi, and Zarek on the back line with him. We already know that. Corona, Vera, and Jones in the midfield. Fafa, Maxi, and Dorsey up top. When I say most common, I went off of minutes and starts. And you might say, no, Pasture is most common. No, he's not. He's not even close. Now that particular lineup, the average rating, the average match rating for that lineup is a 6.85. Our XG on the season, 31.1. Our, S, our XGA, or conceded or allowed, goals conceded or allowed is 39. We've actually scored 28 goals, and we've actually conceded 37. So we have scored three less goals than expected, and we have allowed two less goals than expected. Now, let's talk about our what-if lineup. And there are, there's what? There's one big surprise here. Really, there, there's two big surprises for me. And I, I will tell you, the, uh, the three best subs we could possibly pick, or the, whatever, the three most common subs that we use, or the, the three guys with the most appearances after those starting 11, that's Junka, Seren, Boniek. Because, you know, he started a bunch in the early season. We, our depth is ridiculously bad. The amount of players we have that don't ever play, there's a lot of dead weight on this roster. There's a lot. Funmayor has played 90 minutes all year. That was in that one garbage game where we got fucking crushed. There's a lot of dead wood that needs to be, I don't know, thrown away, sold, let go, whatever, figure it out. 
But we have Deadwood, and they're, they're not playing. Whatever the reason is. Now, here's a fun fact. Sam Junka has like the sixth highest average match rating on the squad, which scared the bejesus out of me because I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, fuck, am I going to have to put him in the what-if roster? Luckily, I didn't because the positions he is most likely to play, there's somebody with a higher rating. Thank God. Because if I had to put him in the what-if roster, that would have made me look like a complete moron. And you know what? He still makes dumbass, boneheaded decisions, but his average rating is pretty good. It's a 6.95. Now, our ideal roster, based upon average match rating, here it goes. In goal, you have Michael Nelson. Michael Nelson's average rating, 6.42. Marcos, 6.26. At left back, you have Lundy. No change. Center backs, no change. Parker and Hadebi. By the way, Tim Parker has the lowest average rating of anybody in our starting lineup. And if Sam Junka still played cornerback, cornerback, fuck, center back, ratings-wise, I'd have to start him over Tim Parker, and that's ridiculous. Okay? So now I do see why he has played so much. Stats do not lie. We like to... Look, I used to, I used to coach baseball. Okay? coached baseball in high school. I've, I've coached guys that play in the majors now. I've coached NFL players. I used to coach baseball and we kept stats religiously. I did. And I made my decisions based off of stats. I did not make them based off of what I saw and what my heart told me, right? I looked on paper. This is what's real. These are the people I'm starting. So I'm a stats person. Now we were playing another high school and we were losing in the bottom of the last inning. We were the home team. We were down 4 nothing. We end up tying the game. I didn't expect to... I expected to get shut out going to the last inning. I'm pretty realistic. I'm like, yeah, we haven't scored on these guys all night. Go out there, have fun. Do your best. Swing the bat. Be aggressive on the bases. Let's get a run. Let's knock it shut out. Well, we tie the game at 4-4. Four to four. There's two outs and I have somebody coming up to hit. And I asked my stats guy, I said, hey, who right now has the best batting average on the bench compared to the guy about to hit? And they told me who. And the kid, his name is Luke. Luke made the team to pitch only, and he was not a very good pitcher. He's not very athletic, okay? The head coach is sitting there, and I, it was my team, JV. I coached the JV and the freshman teams, and I was a varsity system. The head coach is like, you're putting him in? And I said, he has the highest batting average of anybody on the team right now who can bat. Yes, I'm putting him in. First pitch strike, second pitch foul ball, 0-2. And, and I'm like, fuck. The, coach is, the head coach is like, bunt. And I'm like, fuck you, I don't bunt. That, that shit's lame. I don't bunt. I hate bunting. By the way, speaking of stats, you're more likely to score a run with no outs and a man on first than you are with a man on second and one out. Look it up. So those of you that believe in bunting... Statistically, you're wrong. And stats are facts, and I'm big on those. So it's 0-2. We got a man on second or third, and he's fast. Pitcher throws the ball. Luke swings. It's low and away. Luke slices it into, it falls in front of the right fielder. It's a hit. We win the fucking game. And I looked at the head coach, who I hated. I, I couldn't stand this fucking guy. And I said, I told you. 
And, you know, I had the kids, like the, the other kids, other players who the varsity team was watching, they're like, why did you hit? let him hit? I said, his average is the highest. That's why. So when it comes to these, the, these are these are facts, these numbers. They're based off of an analysis that I could not do because I'm not that smart, involved, or have that much time. But according to our, our ratings, Sam Junka is... Sam Junka deserves a place somewhere in the starting 11. Uh, he has a higher average rating than, you ready? Tim Parker, Teenage Hadebi, Zarek Valentin. He's tied with Karaskia. He has a higher rating than Maxi as well. So, statistically speaking, Sam Junka deserves a spot on our club. There, I said it, let's move on. So our midfield of our what-if roster, Darwin Quintero. Now, for him, I did something a little different. I did not go and use the stat, his ratings from his garbage time, those six minutes, those 11 minutes. I didn't use those because if you look at how he's played when he's played an entire game or started, it's night and day. It, it is absolute night and day. And you can say fitness. You can say whatever. It's night and fucking day. He was getting garbage time a week and a half ago. He starts two games in the last week. His average rating in those two games is a 7.8 which is ungodly. Along with Darwin Quintero, we have Matias Vera, 7.07, and Adalberto Carrasquilla at a 6.95. Up top, you have Fafa, Maxi, Tyler Pasher. Fafa actually leads our team in average rating. He also leads the team in goals and assists, and that's why he is my player of the year. I mean... Things could happen to change that, but the way he works, and I watched his interview the other day, and he said, people said I was crap. That fucking guy has the heart of a grizzly bear, and he's got the motor of the Carpathia steaming to save people in the water after the Titanic sank. I mean, I'm tempted to buy a Fafa jersey. I am, I am that, I'm really falling in love with him. I still like Derek Jones. I still like Matias Vera. Of course, I like I like all of them. Not Sam Junka. I like all of them. I don't like Sam Junka. I can't explain it. Statistically, I'm wrong, but fuck, I don't like him. I don't know what it is. But man, our what-if lineup, the average rating for our what-if lineup is 7.01, which is 0.16 higher than the most commonly used lineup. Even if we use Darwin's actual rating of 6.4, or we put Junka in at left mid, which he has played and he can play, we still have a higher rating regardless. You, you, can, you can do a lot with that midfield. But Quintero, as we know, is our best player and he's shown it the last two matches. So now... I told you guys that our XG before, okay, our most commonly used lineup, the XG is 31.1. With our best lineup, our XG, according to my math ratios, algorithms, and all that shit I spent time doing last night and writing down, our XG for our ideal what-if lineup is a 32.6. It's one and a half goals more. Our goals conceded on our average lineup, 39.2. With our what-if lineup, 37.9. That's a drop of 1.3. So we've just seen a 2.8 goal swing. 
So we'll round up to three. A three-goal swing. Now our total plus-minus this year is, what is it, a seven? Minus seven? That drops us to minus four. Our best what-if roster still has us hovering right around 10th place. But based on math, which I'm fucking awful at, and trust me, I, I did these calculations wrong a few times. I also had two glasses of cheap red wine. With our ideal lineup, we should score, should have scored 30 goals and allowed 36. That's a minus six versus minus six versus minus nine. There we go. So that three goal swing bumps us up statistically to about 10th place. And that's where I feel like we should have been. We should have been fighting to be top 10, not fighting with Austin to not be last. So, you know, our what if roster, the big surprise to me, Michael Nelson. And truth be told, if you go back and you look at what he's done, he's played pretty well. I was, I was, I only counted a couple times, right, on his distribution, his long kicks. 66% of them went to the person they were supposed to go to. When I counted, I didn't count all of them. There was a couple times, I'm like, I'm going to count this one. That one went to one of our guys. I'm going to count this one. That one went to them. I'm going to count this one. That one went to one of our guys. So his just, you know, me dicking around baseline distribution percentage was two-thirds. I know it's not that high, but Marco doesn't put up those numbers. I think Michael Nelson needs to be our goalie. I do. I don't know what's happened with Marco, but for what we're paying him to have a 6.26 rating versus Michael Nelson, who's probably making the league minimum, he's got a rating that's you know, almost a quarter of a point higher. Play Michael Nelson. So it, it was, man, it was like, it was a little depressing. Or what if, because that's all I asked myself watching Quintero these last two games. What if he'd played him the whole year? Quickest way to get him back into shape and in form is to give him game time. Not practice time. Not a game. Practice. That's the quickest way to get in game shape is to go play a game. Or let him play with the U23s, which he's 33 years old and he's, you know, a DP. He, he doesn't deserve to be treated that way. You know, regardless of what he did, if he did something really wrong, you can get rid of him. But to sit him on the bench, give him garbage time, and then play him, we're undefeated in matches he starts. We're averaging two points a match for matches he starts. So we know next year he's probably not going to be here. I wouldn't be if I was him. I'd go to Mexico, Colombia, because he is Colombian. I'd go somewhere back home, do that whole, I'm going to play for a small club in my country, and then retire after a year or two. Wayne Rooney did it with Darby. So we have the Frisco Rent Boys coming tomorrow. Paxton Pama calls back. I hope we get a couple of nice hard challenges on him. Ricardo Pepe is the real deal. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to beat Dallas. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to be 3-0 like it was versus Austin. But I do believe we are going to beat them. I don't know what our lineup is going to look like. I can tell you I wouldn't expect to see many changes. Because if there's one thing Tab Ramos has done this year is when he finds something that is working, he sticks with it. Because in the beginning of the year, if you remember, we were like, we were pretty high up there. 
and he stuck with that lineup. That lineup was uh, Marich, Lundqvist, it was Boney, Parker, Zarek, Vera, Jones, Corona, or Vera, Memo, Corona, Fafa, Maxi, and Pasher. That was the one he stuck with. And it all started to fall apart once Tyler got once Tyler got injured. Tyler gets injured, shit goes down. Um, Boney shows his colors, blows blows a game for us. And then we make the Hadebi signing, which to me was a little bit of a reactionary signing, but his average rating is a 6.88, which is a third of a point higher than Tim Parker's. But Tim Parker has played every minute for this club in every match. So I don't expect his rating to be through the roof when he's had more opportunities to make mistakes or he's had more opportunities to get a knock, to be worn down. He's got to be exhausted. You know, there was a time to rest him. This is not it. We have an outside shot at the playoffs. What do we have? Nine matches left, 10 matches left, 30 possible points. Half of our matches are home, half are on the road. We trail a playoff spot by, I believe it's nine or ten points. It's highly unlikely we will make the playoffs. We would need a collapse. We would need a New York Mets-like collapse to happen with one of those teams in seventh, sixth, or fifth. Because like I said, there's Austin, us, a pile of shit, and then everybody else. So I don't see it happening. What we can do is we can put a little momentum together. We can get a feel out for what we're going to look like next year. We can make a few changes, a few signings. I don't expect to see Valentin. I don't know, man. Here's the thing about Valentin. If you ever watch them huddle up, if you ever watch Valentin on the back line, he is a leader. And I, I think that's another reason why he's constantly in our publications, in our press stuff. He's definitely a vocal leader. So is Parker. Those are our two big leaders, I believe. So I don't... Valentin might stick around. There's nobody else there. There's no Bizama. That ain't happening. I think Lundy has cemented his spot. He's 28. Junka is right behind him. As bad as it hurts me to say that, and as dirty as I feel saying that, but it is what it is. So we will see changes next year. I hope we sign Karaskia or we extend his loan a year. I think with Corey Baird coming back, he will replace Maxi. I think he he offers a little more than Maxi in terms of goal scoring ability and creation. But I think Maxi offers a lot in terms of pressing. I would not be opposed to seeing a four four two. Not at all. Not at all. You keep your two defensive midfielders, you have two strikers, you have two wingers. Two mids that make the runs. You could put Fafa on the on the left, Tyler on the right, Veda. And, fuck, this is where the problem kicks in. Vera or Quintero or Karaskia. It won't be Quintero next year. Karaskia, it'll be somebody. It won't be Corona or Memo. Corona, Corona's evolving into a bench player now, it looks like. In my opinion. What's going to happen with him? So, Dallas comes in. My tickets are sold, boys. I got my kids here this weekend. Not going to be going to the match. That's fine. I will watch. I am feeling pretty confident, very confident that we will win. And we need to. If we have any hope, any hope at all for a playoff appearance, we cannot we cannot afford to take anything less than 10 points from our remaining home matches. 
If we can take 10 from our remaining home matches and some fucking way, by some miracle, take 7 or 8 from our away matches, which is probably not going to happen, we can slip into the playoffs. And we will lose in the first round. There is no way. We will play on the road. We will play on the road and we will be defeated. But what I want to see is I want to see us have a better ending to this season than last season. I want to see progress having been made. And I'm not counting us finishing ahead of Austin. It doesn't count. They're new. They're an expansion team. They have the third or fourth lowest payroll in the league. We bumped ours up slightly. I do not care where they finish. As long as it's below us. And we have a good chance here to make up ground on FC Dallas. Who, the other night, I I watched a part of their game. Five of their starters were homegrown players. I want that in my life. I want that for our club. But this is, you know, it's a tough time to be us. It's been a tough, it's been a, it's been a long, it's been a long time to be us. Long, tough time to be us. But I feel like it's winding down. I feel like we're making good progress. There was a, there's a couple negative episodes and they told, and the 67 that I've done, there's probably, I don't know, six or seven that are quasi-negative. But I'm feeling pretty positive these days. And I would love to see Vera as a defensive mid with Quintero and Karaskia as the other two midfielders. We can still keep five back. You can keep Lundy and Zarek back. You can throw five at the offense. At the, you can throw five against the other goalkeeper. You can keep five back. You know Fafa's going to get back. You know Maxi's going to press. You know Tyler's going to get back. We have some hard workers, man. And that's that's a great thing to have. So I've made my prediction for the Dallas game. I'm predicting a Dynamo win. I'm predicting the lineup will not change much. And other than that, it's not a whole lot to talk about. Oh, one thing. New review on Apple Podcasts from Dogs3672. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. That's how they judge us. They judge us based off of the amount of people that rate us. And statistically speaking, my show does quite well. You know, and it, it, considering that this is just something I do for fun, with a little bit of like, maybe I could write shit for funny people one day. But, you know, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you can. That would be so appreciated. A like, a share, click that that fifth star, make all those stars go yellow. That'd be cool. That's that's kind of like what makes us go. Um, oh, I said um. I never say um. So rarely say um. But it's going to be an interesting weekend. It would be nice to see some people out at the stadium. I, I don't think there'll be a lot. I think attendance will be still pretty low. They said there was 14,000 people there for the Austin match. I didn't see them. I feel like I feel like the guys that take tickets fucking lie. I think they're going off of tickets sold and not actual people that walk through the turnstiles. I think the Dynamo needs to make a position for one person and their job is to walk around the stadium and count everybody that's there. That would be fucking awful. That's what we should do to capture terrorists. We should bring them to sporting events and be like, now you will count every infidel in the stands at this match. You will count up every member of the Great Satan 
and you will tell us how many there are. I think that would successfully end terrorism. Not domestic terrorism. They don't give a fuck about soccer. Speaking of domestic terrorism, aha, I'm not going to go there. So, guys, it's been it. Hughes and Dinopod Podcast. I'm Fannister, your host. Hopefully you can't hear my son in the background. He's in his room yelling at his tablet. Like I said before, like, share, subscribe, rate, review. Any of those are awesome. Thank you. Looking forward to uh, fucking up Frisco. We hate them. I, we hate them a lot more than we hate Austin. We don't. I don't hate Austin. I feel kind of bad for them. Because they have built that club up to be the next Barcelona, the next Real Madrid, the next Man City. Guys, you're not. Your roster spending is low, and your ticket prices are ridiculously fucking high. I know you can hear him. I know you can hear him in the background. He's all, blah. Yeah, I feel bad for Austin fans. But at the same time, I don't want you to finish ahead of us ever. You guys can win as much as you want. Just don't win more than us. Same with you, Frisco. So that's been it. Get out there. Get out there to the match. The surge will be at pitch 25, right? El Batallon will be at the parking lot behind Walker. If you're interested in getting beat up or having something stolen, FC Dallas fans, stop by for a quality tailgate. I don't know about the other ones, Texian Army and Bandera Negro. I had no idea what they do. I don't see it. And if you, know, if you are a member of that supporters group and you listen to this, can you all like please put your pregame stuff out there. I've seen it a few times, but it's not regular. I will mention it. I will talk about it. Put it out there, man. Like this 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 building of the club involves all of us. It involves the front office, it involves the players, it involves the supporters. It involves the media and it involves us independent people. Me, Christian, Sean, Mark, Tony, Tony's friend that also is on Noodle Time. I don't know his name. There's Victor and Laura, but you know, they they're like Glenn and Eddie, but not both men. You know, they're 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 a step above me. So to speak. But get out there, support the club, get drunk, get loud, fucking be nice to the Frisco fans. You can hurt them with your words, not with your punches. Hurl insults, not trumpets. Fucking rebuild your image. I wouldn't be surprised if that if that certain supporters group ends up getting banned, man. And I mean, the guy from Austin and Austin fans, they feel the same way. And I know we shouldn't give a fuck what they think, but like people shouldn't feel like coming to our stadium is dangerous. I don't think it is. I mean, when I walk the stadium, I don't ever feel in danger. And this is coming from a guy who grew up a Mets fan and went to Mets games in Philadelphia. That shit was dangerous. I went and watched Mets Yankee Subway Series in New York. I went to Shea. I didn't go to Yankee Stadium. I'm not fucking stupid. I mean, there were, there were fights everywhere. That's dangerous. Flyers and Rangers, dangerous. Dynamo in Austin? We don't need to be dangerous. We need to be positive in the community and we need to grow our club nobody's gonna take your product if you're gonna fucking steal their shit and break it so stop doing that anyway guys that's it uh as always 
Fenister, Houston Dynapod Podcast, and wait for it. Wait for it. Go Dynamo! Albert Felice is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it! There it is! It's another! And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, Elise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool-ass people. Attention Nashville, Tennessee area drivers. Commodore Express is actively hiring CDLA team truck drivers for our West Coast operations. This is an in-and-out and back type operation. 4,500 plus miles per week. We offer full benefits package and above average pay package and an achievable bonus for more than four turns per month. We are a family-oriented company that takes pride in our values, honesty, respect, and integrity. We can work with full-time, part-time, retired, or casual drivers. Visit our website at www.commodoreexpress.net to learn more about us and request an online application. Or call Robert in recruiting for more information at 615-287-5140, extension 1. That's 615-287-5140, extension 1. We look forward to seeing you in one of our seats.